podcast is sponsored by tenofthose.com. Tenofthose.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. Check them out after the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Word Fueled Hearts. I'm Felicity and I'm in America. And this is Sarah, she's in the UK. Hi everyone. Nice to be with you today, Sarah. How is your cup of tea? I've noticed actually that you're holding a cup that's familiar because I think you decorate it when you were quite a lot younger than you are now. Yeah, it's true. I decorated it when I was seven and I'm still holding it in my hand. It's still my favourite cup, which, you know, it's got shells on. It's, I like it. It's a good, thin rimmed, decent sized cup. I'm also holding possibly one of the cheapest biscuits. <laughs> Yet again. Um, my reflection is that I seem to have bought Aldi's cheapest biscuits the whole season of this podcast so far. Would you agree? Well, yes, I, I was actually going to comment on that because I feel like you're you're slightly squandering the opportunity you have that you have aisles of biscuit choices in your nation and you are choosing the cheapest dregs of the biscuits. I don't know why. I mean, I didn't, I didn't intend to for this one, but the thing is I went to my cupboard this morning and realised I didn't actually have any biscuits and the only thing that I have is this well, it's a pink wafer biscuit and I've got it because it's going to be a door on my daughter's um, birthday cake, which is going to be a castle. And <laughs> I've got it to try to make the doors with, you see. Um, I mean, that's that's an impressive thing that you're making a castle for your daughter's cake. The actual biscuit is entirely unimpressive. <laughs> it's so unimpressive. And it's one of those biscuits where you eat it and you're like, have I just eaten something or not? Because I know I put something in my mouth, but I can't. I yeah. have no sustenance <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. There, but hopefully it's going to look excellent as the castle doors. Oh, I have no doubt. You know, it might even match the the artistic decoration on your cup. It's quite a pressure with twins. You've got to make two birthday cakes, and I'm feeling I'm feeling that. Yeah. Um. Yes, but I think you were probably drinking classy tea. If any any of the other episodes are anything to go by, tell us what have you got in your cup? (laughs) Well, yes, actually, it is quite classy. This tea. I'm actually drinking tea that is it's called betty's tea room tea and if anyone who's listening is familiar with the north you might well have been to betty's tea room it's like the smartest place to have a cup of tea and a a nice scone or cake or a scone americans is not a not a um not what you're thinking in a casserole sense but a more of a, i guess actually that's more of an english biscuit no an american biscuit kind of thing anyway betty's tea room is a classy place to have a cup of tea and we got given a box of betty's tea room tea bags and it's actually very good I was a little skeptical because it's not you know your classic Yorkshire brew but enjoyable oh I'm so glad oh how long for the day when we can go to a tea shop again oh yeah I know it's great isn't it Mm. should we um should we get into we've got two big things to do I mean the biggest thing by far is to get into Habakkuk and to dig into that but before then Sarah what is our big news? We have some big news. Um, and we, well, the big news, quite simply, is that we have decided to change our name. Um, so we are currently Word Fueled Hearts. Um, and it's been a little bit of a tongue twister to keep saying um, in our introductions. Um, also, it turns out that um, in America, you don't even spell it the way that we've spelt it. So there's been a little bit of confusion, and mm. we're really sorry about that. We just It turns out we didn't really think about this as much as we could have done uh, when yeah. we started. So 
Drum roll, please. We are changing our name to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. Felicity, do you want to tell us why? Yes, it's simple. It says what we're doing. We are Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. But what we really like is that when we say sisters, we're thinking any two, three, five, however many women who would love to be getting together over a cup of tea and opening up the Bible. And hopefully it is encouraging people to do that. We've just been so encouraged by the way that people are listening. I mean, I think that's maybe why we didn't think about the name so much, because we didn't really <laughs> think that people would listen. And and they are, and people are encouraged. And so we're thinking, we're two sisters with a cup of tea, but we're, we're really praying that there would be many sisters opening up the word together over a cup of tea or a coffee or, you know, your classic hot water whatever it may be so two sisters and a cup of tea and we're thinking as well it's got a slightly broader appeal maybe it's just not not quite as niche and uh, but more people might find it more accessible so yeah so in the coming week um our instagram and facebook and the podcast itself will be changing its name um, and there'll be new colors coming out as well um and so what you need to do as listeners is if you haven't yet subscribed and you're enjoying listening to this uh, please subscribe this week um so that as the name changes you won't lose us coming up popping up on your feed is that all you need to do i think it is isn't it i think that's it and uh, instagram and facebook will just kind of change and if you're following us on that you'll just stick with following us that will all be fine won't it yeah i presume so yeah come and find us us if you don't see us yeah two Mm -hmm. sisters and a cup of tea shall we um shall we get on with with habakkuk let's do that would you like to read for us Sure. Okay, we are in chapter three and we're reading verses 17 through to 19. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music on my stringed instrument. Thanks very much, Misty. Um, I feel quite, I just feel really sad that we've come to the end of Habakkuk here, but there's, mm-hmm. again, as ever, there's so much in three verses, isn't there? And I'm excited to get stuck into it. Mm. Can you give us a quick, um, quick kind of whirlwind tour? Whirlwind tour? What, what do you call yeah. it? <laughs> a debrief of what's happened so far. <laughs> Whatever. Tell us. <laughs> give us your one minute summary of, not even one minute, we haven't got one minute. Habakkuk, go. <laughs> Gosh, the pressure. Okay. <laughs> so we, um, we're we in chapter three still. Ch- and chapter three, if you remember, has been this song, this poem that's been um, showing us a mighty, powerful God. And it's a revelation to Habakkuk of God himself coming to, to judge and to save. And, and that's in response to all the way through Habakkuk. We've had Habakkuk asking, kind of bringing his lament, his heartfelt pleas to the Lord about his his longing for justice. And God is saying, I'm I'm doing it, I'm bringing it, it's gonna happen through the Babylonians. What, not the Babylonians? God says, yes, through the Babylonians, but I am also gonna bring justice upon them as well. And then we get to chapter three, and and Sarah, you and I were just saying, how wonderful that God does speak to us through a song as much as through just simple words. It feels like he's really speaking into our hearts and dealing with our emotions as much as he is our kind of, um, intellectual faculties as well so as we hit to hit our bit today it's anticipation of 
the reality that actually this exile, this um, the Babylonian invasion and the consequent exile is is going to happen. It's a, it seems to be a picture of the devastation that is going to come as the Babylonians sweep in. And so it's a it's a Habakkuk kind of seeing that and then yet another yet. We had a yet last time, didn't we? But this one yet I will rejoice. Thank you. That's super helpful. Let's let's dig into what it actually says about what is going to happen then. Um, because it's I think it's easy for these words to kind of roll off our tongue and go, well, it's OK that the fig tree is not going to bud this year or it's OK. That there's no any grapes. I like apples as well. Or mm-hmm. I don't really even like olives, so I'd be fine with that. Or, do you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very easy to kind of um, read this and go, oh, yeah, OK. But actually, what what is Habakkuk saying here? What is he saying? He's saying. Well, essentially, there's there's going to be no food. Well, it does actually say that, doesn't it? The fields produce no food. Mm. Nothing will bud. Nothing will grow. Everything will fail. There are no animals. There's nothing. There's complete devastation. Babylon are going to completely uh, destroy everything in every way. Yeah. There will be nothing. Yeah. It seems no provision for the people. Like It, it feels like, it would feel like, that they've just been abandoned. I think that would be the sense, this kind of abandonment and that this marauding force are coming in, but then also they're destroying all of their livelihoods. So your future must look like, well, how are we going to have any future? Like, what is this going to look like as we go forwards? And, and this this is what God has said, isn't it? Like, that is what God said is going to happen. Back in chapter two, chapter one, was it, when um, the Lord said, this is... This is what's going to happen. So it's not it's not that it's a surprise, but actually the reality of that is it's pretty stark, isn't it? It's so bleak. And I think we we really in our kind of Western um, kind of comfortable mindset, we really don't. I, it's, I think it's very hard to grasp the seriousness, the gravity of um, this kind of culture where your fields and your animals are everything. Mm. Absolutely everything. It's such a bleak picture, isn't it? And so I think what's so last week we got to the end, we got to the end of verse 16 and Habakkuk said, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity. And so we're basically in this kind of two part response here, aren't we, at the end of this book where he's saying, I will wait. And then in verse 18, having described the devastation that's going to be caused, he responds by saying, yet I will rejoice. So he's got yet I will wait and then yet I will rejoice. Mm. And that I mean. That just sounds absolutely bonkers, doesn't it? That you I, can say, I yeah. rejoice in the same breath as life is going to be completely destroyed. Yeah, that's the surprise, isn't it? And I think an immediate question that we have as readers is, well, how? Like, how, Habakkuk, can you possibly be someone who rejoices? And I think the temptation to think is, well, oh, well, Habakkuk must just be, maybe he's ignoring his circumstances or maybe he's just kind of skating over them. Or is he, is he kind of a bit stoic? Is he just kind of grinning and bearing it and, and, and just thinking, I just need to rejoice. But I think there's more to it than that, isn't it? And I think part of it is, or a large part of it is that he's looking back and seeing who God is, seeing who the God who he trusts is and, and in that he's saying that God said he'd bring justice and he does bring justice. And so there's a trustworthiness to his word, to God's word. But also there's a, I just, I think we've talked all the way through about this heartfelt lament of Habakkuk and how challenging that is to us. 
do we really long for justice in that way? So Habakkuk has been longing for justice and just crying out for it. And here we see that justice will come. There is a certainty that justice, and, and there must just be a relief to that. Like, oh, I can I can rest in the knowledge that justice is going to come from from the Lord. Yeah, I think that's really helpful, Fisty. Um, it's also really sobering, isn't it? Because that justice will come at the expense of probably like a lot of their lives. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming most of them don't actually come out of this in mm. alive, and so that's it's really sobering, isn't it? That he's longing for that and that he's going to see it, it's going to happen. Um, and yet he will rejoice because, as you say, he's rejoicing in the Lord. He's rejoicing in the character and the trustworthiness of his God. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, it's really, really poignant. You get to the end of these verses and it's saying, I will be joyful in God, my saviour, the sovereign, mm-hmm. my strength. This is, it's the whole way through. It's been a very personal lament for Habakkuk, hasn't it? It's been very yeah. heartfelt questions, answers, response. And that's summed up again here, my saviour, my strength. At the end of the day, this isn't just an abstract God that I've been told about. This is this is my personal faith mm-hmm. trust in in this big god um that's really struck i think that's really striking that you he's written this so habakkuk has written this response he's written this song um and we know that it's a song because we, it says you know at the end for the director of music we presume it's for the congregation it's for the people of god to sing mm-hmm. um so he's like he's like married the two hasn't he he's like this is his absolutely his personal response to mm seen and heard of the Lord Uh, but he's writing that down and proclaiming that so that others can respond like this and kind of train their hearts to respond like this so when the people of God go into exile and when they're feeling like completely hopeless and at their wit's end they actually come to these words and they sing them and start to remind themselves of the truth of who God is would you say that is what yeah I think that's right I think that's right isn't it that so his personal lament and delight in the Lord as he's allowing others to hear it and to know it so he's helping them to to see the same to feel the same to trust in the same way I think we just need to just um just dig in a little bit to the fact he says I will be joyful in God my savior and actually I will rejoice in the Lord so the Lord being Yahweh the covenant God the one who does deliver and rescue his people all the way through scripture and the God my savior that's going back to the start of chapter three we had in wrath and mercy and mm-hmm. then in um, verse 13 we had you came out to deliver your people to save your anointed one so so all the way through we have this relief at the justice that's coming but we also have the delight that God is saving his people and so Habakkuk is resting in in both of those things and as you say as he's sharing that joy sharing that trust with the people, we have this, um, suddenly we're able to understand, I think, a bit more as to how joy could be the response to that. Because there's a security, isn't it? Ultimately, we see that in the cross, really, that we have the judgment that falls on Jesus and we have the mercy that falls through that, that we might be safe in Jesus. Yeah, definitely. And I think as we come to then apply this to our own hearts and really drive it home, um, that's really helpful in just um, just seeing that actually what matters at the end of the day for Habakkuk and for us, but to a lesser extent for us, when everything is stripped back, when mm. there is nothing left, 
actually he can still rejoice in God, his savior. Yeah. And I think what really brings that home in these verses is that he actually quotes a bit of Psalm 18 um, at the end here in verse in verse 19. But Psalm 18, these words are spoken in victory in like a, it's a psalm of victory mm. in battle. But Habakkuk's not in victory here. He's in real weakness, like he's a moment of real devastation. And yet he says the same words that the Lord is my strength. Yeah. And I think that just really, really brings it home um, that, yeah, when everything is stripped back, actually, who is it? Like what's left? It's, yeah. it's the shining bright light of God, his savior, and his strength. And that's good. That's good for us, isn't it? Because actually it makes us reassess when when seasons of life are stripped back when things feel very hard when we don't quite understand what's going on and why a particular suffering is happening we can still we can come back to these verses and go okay the shining light of god my savior is is shining all the more bright because of this because actually i haven't got anything else to cling on to yeah and i think that's right and because god in his saving in his justice doesn't change whereas our circumstances do yeah. change all the time and so we come back to this and I think that's that's where the deliberateness of I will rejoice in the Lord I will be joyful in God my savior I think Habakkuk is like deciding he's like this is who God is this is who I trust this is what I know of him therefore I will be joyful and, and that means that when we don't feel joyful and joyful is different to happiness isn't it? it's not that we're just like happy-go-lucky or whatever just be happy whatever but actually that deep-seated joy because we know God and we trust God. And ultimately, the heartbeat of Habakkuk, you know, he's living by faith. And as he lives by faith, so he's able to choose joy because it's anchored. In yeah. Him. And this is, you know, we get to the end of Habakkuk and this is what it is to live by faith, isn't it? Is he, if he lives by sight, well, everything around him is completely destroyed and devastated and there's, is feeling fairly hopeless. But living by faith, there's joy. There's yeah. joy because he waits and he's heard the Lord and he he has responded with faith. And wow, that makes me just want to pray. I just want to be like Habakkuk. Mm. I want to have that heart of faith. And actually, this has been really helpful. Like as I've been, I've been praying through the Open Doors um, watch list this week, the last couple of weeks. And just again, like praying this for our brothers and sisters in different parts of the world who are completely, you know, in places devastated and persecuted. Again, praying that in for them. Um, we need to pray for Steve. Would we you pray do. for him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we praise you so much that we can know you and we can trust you. And as we read Habakkuk, we can be all the more sure that you are a God who brings justice and salvation. And as we see that, would you help us to be those who are joyful in you? We praise you so much that we have you, our unchanging God, and so we can have joy in this way. And we pray that we true of our hearts more and more this week. Amen. Amen. We need to wrap up Sarah remember no longer word fueled hearts but two sisters and a cup of tea that's right and um, we've got one more final episode next week so next week is our ask us anything episode so please tune in for that as we wrap up Habakkuk um, thinking through some of the stuff that we've been talking about and answering any of your questions um, thanks so much for tuning in today yeah. and we'll see you next time see you next time Bye-bye. bye 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 You've been listening to Word Fueled Hearts. This podcast is sponsored by tenofos.com, an online retailer of the best Christian books at discounted prices. Check them out now at tenofos.com.